Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Got a loaded show for you guys today and I... I actually am not sure if anybody has really announced this yet, so I'm just going to do it. But this is actually going to be our final NFL Reacts for a while. Uh, you know, we're headed into the offseason. It's quiet time. We, we need some time to, to relax, take vacations and stuff before we get back into training camp and, and dive headfirst back into the NFL season. So NFL Reacts is going to go away for a little bit, but we'll still have plenty of content for you guys over at the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, I, I do want to remind you, too, to stick around after the show. Uh, me and Justice Mosqueda sat down with Saints wide receiver Chris Olave. Had a really fun conversation with him, so make sure you stick around after the show for that. But uh, let me welcome in Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And on today's show, we are going to run through a, an all-rookie draft and, and kind of fill out like a fantasy lineup with some IDP spots just to kind of give you guys our take on, on why we think these particular rookies are the ones that you want to have on your dynasty rosters and the ones that uh, are going to be set up for success in their rookie season. So justice, we flipped a coin. You got the number one pick in the draft. Where are we going to kick things off? I mean, this is a layup, right? You just take Brees Hall, you know, the Dallas Cowboys leaked board came out. They had him with the top 20 uh, grade in terms of him as a running back, you know, obviously, that doesn't account for like their positional need. They took an offensive lineman instead of Lewis Seen, who is their highest rated player on the board um, on that league board. But look at Brees Hall behind that offensive line. I mean, they just added Lake Tomlinson. Elijah Vera Tucker had a very good um, rookie season. He was kind of like the last of that first tier of players uh, last year. They traded up for him. Um, he played very well. You know, the whole George Fant, Makai Becton, uh, situation. I, I I think those guys are good run blockers. Certainly, um, we'll see what it's like with Mackay Becton and uh, you know his his playing weight and all that stuff. But they added a bunch of tight ends too. I I just kind of like the direction that this Jets offense is going. Right. So you get a talented running back who's obviously going to be the running back one. I think Michael Carter is still going to get a decent amount of carries, but Brees Hall is going to be the number one runner. And then hopefully the passing game should take another step up and the defense should take another step up to the point that they'll actually be able to like run the ball, which is kind of what Mike LaFleur was brought in to do. 
Yeah, I, I think Brees Hall is the easy consensus number one pick. That's where I would have gone to. Um, you know, he he's basically considered the most talented running back in this draft class, and that's what you need on your fantasy team. And we know we talked about it a little bit on the Wednesday show. This Jets team, their offense can't really be much worse than it was last season. And they were down to QB four, man. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's about as nightmare as it gets. Yeah, and they're they're really young. We we know this Robert Sala led team wants to run the football, and there's going to be plenty of opportunity there. They got the young offensive line. If Mackay Becton can get healthy, uh, we we've seen him be a really good NFL tackle, and so you have to assume that their offensive line is going to get better, and that the overall offense is just going to improve. So, I think Brees Hall is going to be set for a, a very big rookie season. I I think that that is. Easily the number one overall pick. I'm kind of torn. I- I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker to, to kick off my squad. Um, you know, he's the the number two, number number one running back. If you're not a Brees Hall fan. And I understand that the Seattle Seahawks have a lot of running backs right now. They still have Chris Carson. They still have Rashad Penny. Uh, they still have Travis Homer. Like all these guys have had roles in that offense at some point, but and I, and I still like Chris Carson, but what we've seen from Chris Carson over the last few years where he's been one of the more underrated fantasy running backs is that he just can't stay healthy for an entire season. And he's coming off a really serious neck injury. So I, I, I'm at the point where I believe the best days are behind Chris Carson and Kenneth Walker, I think, is the best running back on their roster. We, sh- we saw Rashad Penny explode at the end of last season, but you know through his NFL career, he just hasn't stayed healthy. So I think there's going to be a really big opportunity here for Kenneth Walker. And I think Seattle's going to be bad. Uh, but one thing that we know for sure about a Pete Carroll run team is that they're going to try to run the football. So there's going to be opportunity for Kenneth Walker. Yeah. I mean, it just seems it was a weird draft pick, but I understand the selection in our rookie draft, right? It's like Rashad Penny just finally broke out after you spent a first round pick on him and you're going to replace him immediately with the second round pick and you have no quarterback, but it really does seem like Pete is just going to run the ball. They they spent high draft picks on two different tackles. Charles Cross is going to be their left tackle, and then Abraham Lucas is going to be their right tackle. Um, that's going to be a fun pair moving forward. I think both of those guys are pretty good. Um, I, I didn't think Charles Cross was going to make it to the Seahawks. So all that stuff bodes well for them. And then, you know, the addition of, of uh, Gabe Jackson should be nice too. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that the best thing they can do to help Drew Locke or – or Geno Smith or, or whoever winds up being their long-term starting quarterback for the upcoming season, like is just run the football. And, you know, that's what they did even when they had Russell Wilson. So we know for a fact that they're going to run the football. So I, I love Kenneth Walker at, at number two. I think he's going to have a really good NFL career. Uh, your next pick in the rookie draft. Ooh, this one's going to be, this one is going to be controversial because he's sixth on the list overall, but I'm going to take him third. Jamison Williams, Detroit Lions. Woo. I, I think he's going to be able to play the beginning of the season the way it sounds. And I do think like he is by far the most talented wide receiver in this class. And this is a good wide receiver class. Nothing to take away from the other guys. But Jamison Williams is kind of a little bit different. Um, I really do think that he has like the potential to be that kind of all pro talent. Again, he is the one guy who was able to produce against this Georgia defense that set all those records in the SEC. Um, he was the guy that like those guys were worried about in the title game until he went down uh, to the turf monster. 
I understand the hesitation of like rookie wide receiver with Jared Goff. That's probably not great. But I just think of in terms of the upside, like he could win you a league, right? Like not not just like a, a rookie league, but like he could win you like an actual fantasy league, in my opinion, on the way that like his potential could if his upside hits the way that that could swing for you during the season. Yeah. And, you know, even if he isn't fully healthy at the start of the season and, you know, misses a couple of games, like the way these guys come back from ACL injuries now and he's young, he's explosive, like he's going to be a big part of that offense. And we can't rave about everything the Lions have done this offseason and then be scared off from potentially them trading up and drafting the guy who might be the best wide receiver in the draft class. Like Jameson yeah. Williams has a chance to be an absolute stud in the NFL. I look, I like the Lions. I I really do. And it feels gross as a Packers fan. And like it doesn't make sense because they've never in my life, outside of a couple Caldwell years, have they even been like competitive. But I really do like the direction this Lions team is going in. And I think Jamison Williams has, you know, has the upside to have that, you know, Mike Evans, OBJ, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of rookie season. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I love Jamison Williams. I love everything the Lions have done. Um, you know, I, I understand why Lions fans are excited. I think they should be. Like they, they are for the first time in what feels like a really, really long time, really like a lifetime. <laughs> it feels like they're actually headed in the right direction as a franchise, and, and they made a lot of really good moves in the draft. This is a, a, a part where you know we're we're drafting all rookies here, and we are going to mix in some defensive players at some point, but. You know, really out, out of those top two running backs and normally, you know, you want to invest in the running backs, the guys that, you know, are going to get touches, but it's really just the two that we already took. So now mm -hmm. it's just the pull of wide receivers and how we basically and, and how we all view them and what their opportunity is going to be. And so. I'm tempted to take a reach here, but I think I'm going to play it safe with Drake London and the Atlanta Falcons. It's, you know, it, Marcus Mario is probably going to be their starting quarterback to start the year, but we've talked about it a ton. Their wide receiver group is just terrible. And Drake London was the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft because he's going to have a huge opportunity right away to contribute. And so I, I think that's just a safe pick. Like, I feel like, his floor, even coming out of the gate as a rookie, is going to be like six, seven targets a game. And then as we move forward into the season, he's probably going to be like a 10-plus target a game guy. So I know he's just going to have safe volume. Yeah, I mean, who else are they going to throw it to? It's it's London and it's Pitts, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't have many other options. So I completely understand that. It, it'll be interesting to see. I think my early season watch for Atlanta is going to be a lot of like, how many wideouts are you guys using? Are you just using two wideouts like you did last season? Um, and then I guess that's going to be the tail of the season because, you know, they have so many tight ends on that roster. They use their fullback like crazy. They were one of the heaviest teams in the league last year. It was probably them and the Raiders in terms of like early down stuff. So that's going to be my big question there. But I, I think even if there are, are only two wide receivers on the field, London is absolutely going to be one of the two just based off of the rest of the depth chart. Yeah, there's there's nobody else on that roster that he's got to compete with for targets outside no. of Kyle Pitts. And, you know, and I think Kyle Pitts is a really special player. But we saw last season where every team knew like, OK, that's the only guy on this offense you got to worry about. And so everybody was just taking away Kyle Pitts. Drake London is going to take some of that attention away, but it, it's going to open up opportunities for both of them. So I, I absolutely 
love Drake London's potential just from a, a volume standpoint in his rookie year. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take another wide receiver that's way further down the board than, <laughs> than people have. Chris Olave, he's ranked eighth overall for, for the rookie draft stuff. I'm going to take him at five. You're telling me we're going to get now friend of the show, Chris Olave, who runs you know a 4-3 whatever, on turf, in a dome, and his quarterback is James uh, Winston. And you're expecting me not, not to draft him off of the upside? I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm going to take him. Um, if, if This feels like this could be another Jameis 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, the way everything is just trending right now. Who knows about the Drew Brees stuff? I mean, he flirted on Twitter about saying he could potentially come back. I just love Olave's game. I thought he was the second most talented wide receiver in the draft class, and a lot of things are breaking his way. Like, it's Jameis is not going to throw deep to – you know, Michael Thomas or uh, Jarvis Landry, right? So if someone's going to get those like chuck it and duck it snaps, it's going to be Olave. Yeah, I, I think you can guarantee that with Jameis. Like he wants to throw the football down the field, but they need somebody yeah. who's reliable. And last season it was Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris, like, right. and we're just not reliable either. But those were like their speed threats. And Chris Olave is explosive. And I'm going to give you guys a little preview of our chat with Chris Olave um, that's coming up later in the show. He says he has not even like done anything in New Orleans, has not gone out, has not tried anything like this guy's all about football. So if if you're worried about, you know, him being in New Orleans, like Chris Olave is just like, no, I'm ready for the season. I'm trying to learn this playbook. I'm ready for my role in this offense. And yeah, I hope that they do kind of let the leash off of Jameis Winston this season because football is better when Jameis is going 30 and 30 in the NFL. So I, I was tempted to take Chris Olave ahead of Drake London, but I, I wanted to take the safe value there for my top wide receiver off the board. So I'm going to go wide receiver again here. And this is another one where I'm kind of, I'm kind of tempted, but I'm going to play it safe again with Garrett Wilson um, I, I like Garrett Wilson's talent a lot, and I, I'm a little weary of the New York Jets offense, but like for the same reasons we think Brees Hall is going to be able to produce, I, I think Garrett Wilson's going to have an opportunity there. They, they've got a lot of other wide receivers like Corey Davis and, and Elijah Moore, and we're expecting big things from Elijah Moore this season. But I think that there's a reason that they loved Garrett Wilson at number 10 overall in the draft. And he's not really as far as their like three wide receiver sets go, like he's going to be in on those plays. Like he he's going to be a guy who's involved in For the sure. offense. So I, I like Garrett Wilson here. And I'm I, I feel like I'm playing it really safe and you're taking the big swings so far this draft. <laughs> Garrett Wilson is definitely going to play like outside receiver for him. It just depends like, you know in their two wide receiver sets, do they have two outside receivers or are they coming out, you know, with, with a slot? And then if there's a slot, probably Elijah Moore is going to come in, you know, and stuff like that. So he's definitely going to be on the field. My, my only worry there is, again, that team probably wants to commit to the run, and I don't know how many shots Zach Wilson is really going to take overall. In terms of this last, this last wide receiver, because we're about to fill him out, right, um, this be third wide receiver for me. I'm legitimately split between Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. These are both guys who, you know, pretty obviously like they traded away, their teams traded away 
their top wide receiver in this past, uh, you know, off season. Um, they need to replace him. I almost, I almost want to take Christian Watson ahead of Traylon Burks based off of two things. One, he's going to be the speed guy on their team, right? So like he has a pretty obvious role. Um, whereas like Tennessee, I could just see them saying like, yeah, we're just going to feed Robert Woods. Robert Woods is just a, you know, better whiteout probably, you know, in 2022 than Brooks is going to be. And then the other factor is just like Tennessee doesn't really want to throw the ball that much. Like, obviously you're going to want to get the, the, the ball in the hand of Derrick Henry. And then, you know, Robert Woods is going to be your first option. Whereas green Bay, like, how many times do you think they're going to call in a run play this year? And Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, to hell with that. Like we're, we're throwing the ball, right? He just came off of two back-to-back MVP seasons. I don't think he's just going to hand the ball off to Aaron Jones and, and uh, um, AJ Dillon. So I, I'm going to take Christian Watson, but this is a weird spot and probably the most hesitation I've had for a pick so far. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. I'd be I'd be cautious about that. But uh, again, I, under, I understand. Like Rogers has never thrown more than like 500 yards to a rookie wide receiver. But this this one it runs a lot faster than the ones that he had before, and he doesn't really have the guys that he had before. So I, I get the hesitation. I'm hesitant myself. I still don't love the trade up because of how you know trading both second round picks up for Watson. But I, I think in this spot, I'm just gonna do it. So. I kind of want to take another wide receiver here, but I like a lot of the wide receivers that are still on the board now. And so, well, I can't take another one. So you played this right. Yeah. So I've got my pick of the wide receivers, but I also don't want you to snatch up this running back that I have my eye on. So I'm just going to take him and that's James cook. Oh, you jerk. You know, I like James cook too. (laughs) I, I love James Cook. Um, I, I talked about it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like, I just think that James Cook has a, a really strong chance to just be the best running back on the Buffalo Bills roster. Like, we, we've seen what Devin Singletary is, and I know he was good at the end of the last season and in the playoffs and, and carved out a nice role for himself. It, it's pretty obvious that they're not high on Zach Moss. Like we're talking about a a running back that was drafted high a couple years ago. And then last season was a healthy scratch at at multiple times throughout the season. And I just think that James cook is going to be such a good pass catcher for them. He's, he's going to be a guy who has an opportunity where like for a team that doesn't even really want to run the ball, like he could still get those early down carries here and there, but the bills aren't looking to run the ball 25 times a game or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to get, a a ton of those carries and because he's so good in the passing game, he's not going to have to leave the field that much. So I I love James cook. Like I, 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 I'm really high on him. I think he is going to be one of my favorite sleeper rookie running backs as we get closer and closer to the season. I love him too. Um, I raved about him, you know, all kind of draft season. He's, he's my type of running back. I love the pass catchers out of the backfield. He's got some like Aaron Jones to his game. Right. And that's really what everyone loves. And especially in Buffalo, like you mentioned, they they don't really try to run the ball a lot. Like one of the most interesting things about Buffalo to me is they use a lot of those sniffer sets. Right. Where, uh, you know, what's his name? Knox is in the backfield, the tight end. And it's almost like a fullback, but out of a shotgun formation. When you're in spots like that, you know, you do have to involve the running back in the passing game because that tight end is just so hidden into the formation that like it's not easy for him to get out. Um, 
you know, into routes and stuff like that. So I, I do think that there's a pretty decent role for Cook. And if things break right and they start, you know, using him a little bit more, like he could be a really fun back for them, you know, down the stretch. I think it'd probably be more in the second half of the year than the first half. But I, I do love that pick. I, I now have my pick of the running backs. So I'm going to wait on my sleeper. Um, don't, don't think I want to take a tight end this high. So I guess I'm going to go with a uh, – I'm going to go with a IDP pick. Yeah, I'm going to take – I was going to say, I'm, I'm going IDP before I ever consider a quarterback in this draft. Yeah. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson. I, I just think that that Detroit uh, defensive line in general – is going to be better. Um, I think they're going to be able to generate more pressure. He's going to be able to, at the very least, clean up some more stuff. So I'm going to take him, uh, you know, obviously the second overall pick in the draft. I just think that his situation is more conducive to production right now than maybe uh, like Trayvon Walker, for example, right? Like he's going to transition to like true three, four outside linebacker. How's that going to go uh, with Jacksonville? Jacksonville also isn't, I don't think isn't going to be a very good team. So like how many times, you know, sacks and stuff cost so much, right? Like how many times are teams actually going to like pass against Jacksonville in the second half of the season? Whereas Detroit at the very least keeps you in a, a damn bar fight, right? So you're going to have to make some plays. So I'm, I'm going to take Hutchinson. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's the perfect fit for Dan Campbell and, and the way they want to play just like, Physical, no nonsense football. If they need to, they'll run the ball 40 times in a football game and, and just try to run you out of the building like that. Like like Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive side. And I think that Lions pass rush is actually going to be good this season. <laughs> like They drafted Paschal too. And yeah. Paschal was one of my guys. I was very – look, I'm very hurt that they got Hutchinson at two. They traded up 20 picks for hardly any value for Jameson Williams. And then drafted Paschal. Like, oh, yeah, dang it. They, they got my guys, man. They got my guys. Yeah, those are three players I feel like you can bank on contributing for the Detroit Lions in the upcoming season. So my last wide receiver spot and the reason I, I, I jumped you for James Cook was because I was I, I knew Sky Moore was going to be available. I've got a lot of faith in Sky Moore. Sky Moore over Traylon Burks. The yeah. Traylon Burks hate train starts. Didn't get picked. It's just, you know, I, I know the Chiefs are going to throw the football. I know Patrick Mahomes needs somebody who, who is going to get targets. And without Tyree Kill there, there's a lot of targets that are vacated. I know they've got MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think, you know, to start the season, Juju is probably the guy who, who's going to be getting a, a lot more action early on in the season as Sky Moore develops a little bit. And We've seen Andy Reid bring rookie wide receivers along slow before, but like, I, I just think that Sky Moore is ready to contribute like day one. Like when, when you look at rookie wide receivers, one thing that I look at mainly is like how fast, like as a, as an indicator of how fast I believe they can produce right away is like, well, is that guy a good route runner right now? Or is he just fast? Like, is, is he just fast and he can just take the top off of a defense? Or can that guy actually get open with his routes? And Sky Moore can get open with his routes. And so I, I love that about him. It's, you know, it, it's something that's gravi- gravitated me towards uh, young wide receivers in the past, like a Deontay Johnson. Like, you know, Deontay Johnson, I think, still has, like, has left some things on the table. But when he's been good, he's been really, really good. And part of that is his route running. And so I, I love that about Sky Moore. And 
we just know the Chiefs are going to throw the ball. So I, I had to get Sky Moore on, on my roster. And yeah, I'm sorry for the Traylon Burks. Hey, I think he's going to be fine. I just don't trust him in that Titans offense. And I, I think the Titans are going through a little bit of a transition period right now. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if there's some serious struggles for them to start the year. No, I agree. And I, I battled with it too. We ended up taking both of our guys. I take a Packer, you take a Chief. That's it. That's how it, that's how it works sometimes. I'm going to go with another IDP pick. Um, Kyle Hamilton, the safety for Baltimore. I mean, he's just a perfect fit for them, right? It's Killed just me. absurd that they're that's able to make good pick after good pick. I, I almost want to go inside linebacker, right? But, like, you look at the inside linebackers here. Nakobe, who knows what that situation is going to be like, you know, in terms of his health, which is why he ended up falling down draft boards. Devin Lloyd and Quay Walker, I they're both solid players. My whole thing is just, like, if they get into one linebacker sets, right, like they're probably off the field because they just paid, you know, Jacksonville just paid Olukon and, you know, Green Bay obviously had Devondre Campbell coming off of a first team all pro season. The only other guy that like gives me hesitation in terms of Jacksonville and Devin Lloyd too, is the fact that they just drafted um, Chad Muma in the third round. So like, in dime situations, is Devin Lloyd even going to be on the field? Like, I just don't know, like, what his snap count is, like, actually going to look like, right? Like, on paper, you're, like, first-round inside linebacker. You're going to be playing every down. Just the way Jacksonville is kind of shaping this defense right now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So, I'm going to take Kyle Hamilton, who, like, hey, take the guy who fell down the draft board because of athleticism on paper, who fell into a great spot with Baltimore. That That's perfect. Just hang your hat on it. It's and yeah, he would have been my top IDP player uh, on the board uh, just because of the fit there in Baltimore. Like one thing I feel like we can guarantee about Kyle Hamilton in Baltimore is they're going to know from day one exactly how to utilize him and they're going to put him in the right situation to succeed right away. And they signed Marcus Williams in free agency. So that's going to give Kyle Hamilton the opportunity to play up around the line of scrimmage and make plays that way. And in IDP, that's the way you grab points like safeties who can force fumbles and turnovers and get tackles and sacks like those are the guys that stack up the points. I think Kyle Hamilton is going to have just an absolutely massive season for the Baltimore Ravens. My first ADP after you broke my heart with Kyle Hamilton is going to have to be Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't really understand the the whole him dropping a little bit. I know he didn't drop very far in the draft, but like the speculation pre-draft process that like he could significantly fall when we were looking at him like like that there isn't some like gap between him and Aiden Hutchinson. Like why are we acting like this dude's not just as good as he is? And that situation that he fell into with the New York Giants like their pass rush was really bad. He's going to be a day one starter and and the giants had a decent draft and and they're trying to improve, trying to figure out things post Joe judge and, uh, and Dave Gettleman. So I I think the giants are headed in the right direction for the most part. They still got a lot of question marks like with Daniel Jones, but I I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's going to have a really good rookie season. Yeah. Go ducks. I, I think he, I think I believe he legitimately believed that he could have gone second overall um, based off of conversations he had with some of the people in Detroit. But it seems like the coaching staff really has more of a say um, than the front office there in Detroit for whatever that's worth. And it, it also seemed like he knew kind of knew his floor was the Giants, too. So I don't know how much I buy into the him him falling 
a crazy amount. I, I think he's going to be good down the line. My big question is like, do we want rookie edge rushers from teams that just cut James Bradbury? Like it, it, just little questions like that, where I'm, I'm, that's why I, I took Hutchinson when I did um, my next pick. And I think I'm going to have to jump you for this guy. So I'm going to go third straight IDP pick George Karloftis, the edge rusher for Kansas city. I thought that he was a top 10 pick in terms of the talent on the field. Um, I love what he brought to the table. I think people underrated his athleticism because he's not one of these 250 pounders um, for his athleticism at, at 270, 280. That's exactly what you want. Um, him with Spags. I mean, talk about rookie production, right? Get a guy in with Spags and he's just going to be, you know, sending insane blitzes that shouldn't be called half the time. But sometimes they're going to get home and that's going to lead to a lot of points. So as far as him as an edge rusher, I like him there. So I'm taking Hutchinson, Hamilton, Karloftis as my AD, IDP guys. And I'm happy with that. I can, I can rest quietly at night. Yeah, I think that's a very strong group. Um, we were talking about on Arrowhead Pride yesterday, actually. Like, he is going to be a day one starter for the Kansas City Chiefs because sure. they don't have anybody else on the edge. Like, it's right now, Frank Clark is number one edge player, and his play has severely declined over the last yeah. couple of years. He, so, he's not who he used to be in yeah. Seattle and stuff. So, so George Karloftis is going to be a day one starter. He he's going to have a, a day one opportunity, and yeah, like his his size and strength too. Like there, he's a guy that you can kick inside and bring in some other packages and stuff like that. So, I, I think that he's going to have plenty of opportunity to produce. Uh, I love that pick. I'm going to go IDP again as well, and this one is a risk, but I love Nakobe Dean. We chatted with him here on the SB Nation NFL show. I just think that as long as he is healthy, he was already a huge steal for where the Philadelphia Eagles got him. And, and if he can wind up getting on the field as a rookie, like he's the best linebacker they have on their roster. And, and I don't think it's that close. Like He's going to be able to, to make his presence known right away. And, and I love that. I love his game. And so I, I'm really high on N'Kobe Dean as a rookie, uh, assuming he manages to get healthy. And – the upside is worth me taking the risk on his health. Yeah, I mean, he's the best blitzing back, you know, in this class by far. Not even a question. Anyone who watched college football can tell you that. My only hesitation with him it, on top of the injury, right? So the injury is the obvious one of why he fell down draft boards. And the, the fit is kind of interesting to me because Jonathan Gannon, I know he got head coaching interviews um, this past offseason. He ran a very bland scheme, and I think a lot of that was because of how limited that secondary was at times. You know, maybe it is different when they bring in a guy like a James Bradbury and they could do more stuff on the front end. As, as long as they're able to kind of commit to running a lot of that blitz stuff with N'Kobe Dean, I think he's going to be good. My only question is, like, if you're just going to have him spot drop, run past read, you're not sending him, you know, with his hair on fire on blitzes, he is a smaller guy. Right. So that that's he needed a good home. And I just want to make sure Philadelphia is a good home for Nicobe Dean because I really like him as a player. Um, I'm going to take a quarterback here just because I have Ooh. I have a running back in the chamber. I could take one whenever. I don't think the tight ends. There's really a difference between a lot of the high end guys. Kenny Pickett's going to play. And that's the best thing <laughs> that you could say about one of the quarterbacks, uh, you know, in this draft class. I, I think, you know, Ritter. I still like Marcus Mariota. 
I, I really do. I, I still believe in Marcus Mariota just a little bit enough to think that, like, he can keep Ritter on the bench. I don't know if I believe the same thing about Mitch Trubisky, you know, beyond September. So I'm going to take Kenny Pickett here, and it's the really boring analysis of he's the one who's going to be on the field. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was saying, like, quarterbacks could go last if we yeah. really needed them to because we don't – yeah, he he's the only one that's got – like a legitimately might have a realistic chance of starting week one. Like if he actually beats out Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky in training camp and the Steelers know, like, you know, we're probably not going to be competing atop the AFC this year. You know, we, we still win games and we're still going to be a problem because we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that they're just not a, a team that's going to be a, an upper echelon AFC team this year, the way that it's stacked up. So I think Kenny Pickett is just, yeah, he, he's the easy QB one uh, off the board in this particular draft class. Right. So my final IDP pick, uh, I'm curious, and I think I'm just going to do it, and he's not even on our, our list of rankings, and, and I don't really know why. I think that was oh, just a deep sleeper, uh, an, deep an oversight. Sleeper. I am taking Eagles defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Um I so th- there's a there's kind of differing philosophies when it comes to defensive tackles and IDP, and it kind of depends on how you score. But you know, if, if you get a guy who can be a problem from the interior, like obviously Aaron Donald is a guy that you want in IDP fantasy. Chris Jones for the Chiefs is a guy that you want in IDP fantasy because those guys are just problems when they're on the field, and they're such big problems from the interior that they wind up accumulating sacks. I think Jordan Davis can be that kind of player. Like, I think he can be a serious problem in the middle for that Philadelphia Eagles defense. And now a lot of my IDP players are, are hinging upon the Philadelphia's uh, success as a defensive unit, but they did just sign James Bradbury. That secondary's gotten better. They've gotten better at every level of their defense this off season. So I've got a little bit more faith in them heading into next year. I don't know why Jordan Davis wasn't on this list. I think he should have been. So I'm taking him. I guess it is a deep sleeper according to our rankings. You hit him. You hit him from me. So I couldn't take him. <laughs> no, I was I was gonna take him. Um I guess I'm gonna go tight end here. Um first pick of the tight ends and this I, I maybe this is a hot take. Greg Dulcich from from Denver. Um you know, obviously they're going to replace Noah Fant. Everyone talks about Albert O. I, I don't know if Albert O is really going to be that type of guy. Greg Dulcich has the ability to play Y. A lot of teams thought of him as a guy who could play Y, you know, hand in the dirt, inline tight end. I know people kind of frame him as more of a pass catcher, which is why, you know, that, that brand might not have stuck in terms of, uh, you know, the draft rankings and how people talk about him. But he's a pass catcher who has the ability to play Y, and he's going to be playing with Russell Wilson, who we talked about, you know, on the on the Wednesday show. That wide receiver room, for as as good as it's been tabbed as, doesn't have a ton of speed. So if you're talking about, you know, just matchups, right? Like Greg Dulcich on a linebacker might be, you know, one of the best matchups that Russ has to throw to. So I I don't expect a ton out of him, rookie year wise, but. I do think that there's some upside there that, that people aren't necessarily kind of gauging. Yeah. And I, I know the philosophy on rookie tight ends is like, they generally don't produce the rookie year, but like last mm-hmm. year we saw Kyle Pitts and, and Pat Fryermuth like put together two really strong rookie seasons from the tight end position. And, and we've seen these guys, like some of them are just such natural pass catchers now 
that it's hard to keep them off the field. Like even if they're struggling with the blocking and stuff like that, just because they're just like, okay, well that, but that guy's athletic and he can make plays. So let's just put him on the field as a pass catcher. Let's just get him out there. And and so I, I do like that pick and I agree with you. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Albert. O just yet. Like I, I know he's, he's looked okay so far in his first couple NFL seasons and they're high on him and the fantasy community overall is high on him. But if in, in a rookie draft, I, I'm willing to bet that uh, that Greg is going to have uh, some productive games for the Broncos in his rookie season. I'm going to go tight end now as well. I am going to go with Colts tight end Jelani Woods. Um, just a, another one of those guys. He's just massive. Um, yeah. They're going to have two of those guys now with him and Mo Ali Cox. They've just got these massive like yeah, good good luck ends. covering them in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think just they're so big in the red zone that I, I think they're really going to be able to utilize both those guys that way. And so he's going to have a serious opportunity as a rookie to, at the very least, get in the end zone and score some touchdowns. And that's going to be valuable for a rookie fantasy squad. So I actually really like Jelani Woods. My last pick, running back. I'm finally doing it. I'm taking my sleeper. And I think this is a fairly hot take relative to, to the rankings. Tyler Algeyer from the Atlanta Falcons. There's a chance he's the leading back in Atlanta, in my opinion. Like, you look at that that roster, it's not like there's a whole lot of people willing, like uh, that are talented enough to keep snaps away from him. He played in, like, an NFL-type system at BYU. He did a great job of it, you know, over multiple years. He has the athleticism. He has the size. You know, he should be kind of plug-and-play. I, I really like that fit. I actually took him... I think it was plus 10,000 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I, I'm big on the Al Geyer uh, train this this year. So if he falls on his face, you guys can uh, blame it on me. I think he's the best running back they have on their roster. Like, <laughs> I, looked, I looked at them, especially after they released uh, Mike Davis. I was like, okay, that even clears this running back, uh, you know, depth chart even more for him. So I, I love the spot. That's a big guy where it's like, I, I really like the player relative to where he went, and he went to such a good home that I, I think that there's real potential for him to get production early on. Yeah, and maybe in Atlanta we we see them, you know, run it back with Cordero Patterson. I just am not someone who's going to chase that fantasy season with Cordero Patterson at 31 years old. Like, I know he was great last season, but – I don't believe he's got that in him again. Um, you know, Mike Davis was also coming off a great fantasy season with the Carolina Panthers when he signed with the Falcons. And then he was just not very good yeah. last season. Like you can't chase those points with, with guys that are that age at that. Last position. year was weird for Atlanta, man. I don't know if you could replicate that season a thousand times if you yeah. tried where they're going into the draft and you have, you know, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And then you start the season. Hey, you don't have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley anymore. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't what Atlanta wanted to do. It was no. just what they had to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was a choice. Weird year, definitely a weird year. Only the Falcons could pull that one off. All right. My final pick, my quarterback, and so for me, it's it's between Desmond Ritter and, and Matt Corral, and and, wh- and which guy you basically like. Well, which one of these guys has the best chance of starting early on? And so it's. Does Marcus Mariota stay healthy or does Sam Darnold stay healthy? And Sam Darnold probably has the higher likelihood of not staying healthy because he's just never really stayed healthy. 
but I think I'm going to take Desmond Ritter just because I like Desmond Ritter more. Like I, I, just... I I'd do the same thing. I'd, I'd be like, ah, Matt Corral probably has the better chance of seeing the field. Cause I could see Sam Darnold, frankly, getting benched. Like, I, I don't think yeah. that's out of the question. Um, but Matt, Matt Corral starting games was, what's that really do for you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's got that. That's just got a, uh, a tanked fantasy football season <laughs> written all over yeah, it. You might, you might be coming out of those games with negative points after the interceptions yeah. and sacks and stuff. So, and you know, I, I like Desmond Ritter and I, I'm interested to see Marcus Mariota. Cause like when we saw him in microscopic samples with the Raiders, he was just like making plays and, and looking good. And so maybe, this is like the rebirth of Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. And he comes oh, out of nowhere. And I'm ready. He's just like, he's just so surprisingly good that Desmond Ritter doesn't see the field at all as a rookie, which Atlanta would probably prefer. But I, I just think his tools, like if he had to play as a rookie, he's a guy that could put up some numbers and, and got, he's got some potential to be a contributing player. And I just, I just like him more overall. So I'm I going agree. with Desmond Ritter. I was my top quarterback in the draft class. So I, I definitely like the player. It was just kind of the fit there for me. Should we go over our guys? So I, I drafted quarterback, Kenny Pickett, running backs, Brees Hall, Tyler Algeyer, um, wide receivers, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, tight end, Greg Dulcich. And then my IDP guys were Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, and George Karloftis. My quarterback was Desmond Ritter again. My running backs, Kenneth Walker and James Cook. Wide receiver, Drake London. Wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver, Sky Moore. Tight end, Jelani Woods. IDP, I had Kayvon Thibodeau, N'Kobe Dean, and Jordan Davis. So I can take a screenshot of this and just kind of put it in the back kind of put it in the background and save it. And maybe we'll go back through it at some point and see who wound up having the most successful rookie roster as we head into the NFL draft or as we head into the NFL season. Once we, uh, I, I want it on the record. I am pretty hurt. You took James cook for me. <laughs> I want that on the, I would have picked him the next, the very next pick big James cook fan. Every time he does anything, you're going to see me with, you know, eyeball emojis on Twitter. So, yeah, I, he's, I think my favorite sleeper running back, but uh, Tyler for the Atlanta Falcons is, I think he's also a, a very strong sleeper running back that, he, he might wind up being the guy that gets overlooked a little bit in this class. And I think he's got mm-hmm. a strong chance of contributing right away for the Falcons. So, so he, he was one of my, if, if I didn't come away with James cook, he was going to be a, a guy. I took a, a long, hard look at uh, another running back that I really liked was Damian Pierce for the Houston Texans. I don't love their offense, but I think he's the best running back that they have on their roster. So he would have been the guy I considered, but uh, not the way the board fell. So he, he winds up going undrafted in this draft, unfortunately. If we, if we would have gone a little deeper at wide receiver, obviously we would have taken guys like Traylon Burks, George Pickens, uh, Jahan Dotson, right? But right after that tier, one guy that I would have been higher on would have been Tyquan Thornton. I, I really do think that that speed translates to the field a whole lot more than a lot of these other, you know, underwear and T-shirt athletes, right? You you can watch it in the Big 12. I, I don't know what it's going to look like when – Mac Jones has a guy who 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 can run a four two, right? But just in terms of the actual player, I love what Tyquan Thornton brings to the field. And he brings a lot more, you know, those those offenses where, you know, they're very run heavy. You need those guys to block on the perimeter because that's the only way that you're going to be able to spring these guys open from the backfield. Tyquan Thornton is a dog in terms of him just like 
he will take it to that, you know, middle of the field safety and just try to like block him into the dirt, even though he's only 180 pounds. So that's another guy that I would say is, is probably the last guy left of like my guys on the board. Yeah, I absolutely, if we would have added a bench to this, I would have come away with George Pickens or I I would have tried to come (laughs) away with George Pickens in this draft, but I I, I like the wide receivers that I wound up with. I I like this group. I think it's got a chance to be really strong, but uh, it's been a fun season here on NFL reacts fun first season on NFL reacts. So we really appreciate you guys listening to each and every episode that we put out each and every week. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, We are going to take a quick break on this particular show. We'll still be doing NFL University with me, Justice, and Kyle Posey every Wednesday all throughout the NFL offseason. But we're kind of dialing things back, taking vacations, resting up for the NFL regular season. So please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. You can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. And make sure you stick around right now for our conversation with Saints wide receiver Chris Olave. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I am Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by my friend Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And we've got a very special guest on today's show, New Orleans Saints wide receiver Chris Olave is joining us on behalf of Panini America. Chris will be posing for his first rookie card in his new NFL uniform. Chris, I'm curious, uh, obviously you're here with Panini America. Is there a NFL player, past or present, whose rookie card you would desperately like to get your hands on? Uh, Appreciate you having me, man. But uh, if there was one player, probably Deshaun Jackson. That would be my one player right there. I want his rookie card. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good one. And I've actually seen you uh, compare yourself to Deshaun Jackson. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a, a very fitting selection for a uh, prized rookie card from Panini America. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Chris, you're a New Orleans Saint now. They traded up to go grab you number eleven overall in the NFL draft. And it it was kind of crazy the way that worked out where Ohio State teammate Garrett Wilson went right before you, then you get selected. And then former Ohio State teammate Jamison Williams goes right after you. Was there any like trash talk leading up to the draft? Are there there any bets? Like is somebody picking up the next bar tab based on who went first in the NFL draft? (laughs) Nah, man, none of that. It was no competition. I mean, uh, back in college, uh, when we were training against each other, like in the off season, trying to make each other better, we'd talk a little bit. But uh, since since then, we really ain't really had no competitive talks. We were just happy for each other at the end of the day, and I'm glad they went where they went. You you compared yourself to Deshaun Jackson. Do you have comparisons for the other guys? I mean, you know, this is a fantasy show, so people are going to be talking about these skill players for a long time. You know, you played with James Williams, Garrett Wilson, uh, Jackson. How do you guys feel about or how do you feel about them? Who would you compare them to? Uh I don't really compare them to, to really anybody. I feel like Garrett would be like he'll be like an Odell type player. I feel like uh but he, he really explosive. He can go get a jump ball too. So he kind of in his own category. And then Jameson, I mean he fast, explosive, uh and he got that energy too. Uh I don't really know who he compares to. Uh, I feel like I feel like they're all like their their own type players and they're all special in their own way. Yeah, I, I think we're really excited to uh, see all you guys as rookies in NFL uniforms and, and you guys all bring 
something unique and something great to the table for the teams that drafted you. Um, but I, I'm curious kind of what your personal expectation is for your rookie year. I, I've, I've seen you compared a lot to another former Buckeye and Terry McLaurin. And I know that you've mentioned in the past that you and Terry are really close. He kind of took you under his wing at Ohio state. Like what's your expectation for your rookie year? And, and do you think those comparisons between you and Terry are valid? Oh yeah. I, I definitely see that comparison. I watch a lot of film on him and try to take some stuff out of his game, put it into mine. So uh, he definitely taught me a lot, especially uh, at Ohio state. Uh, but I've, I, I just want to win, man, my rookie year, uh, whatever that is, whatever my role is, uh, I just want to exceed at that and make my teammates around me better. I uh, feel like, uh, that's the best role I could have on the team is just making the people around me better and uh, just elevating my game to the NFL level and being able to, uh, like I said, just translate my game into the NFL and, and be able to be able to have fun and just go win. Did you think that the New Orleans Saints were going to make that trade up for you? Because, you know, draft day, that was one of the big stories. It was like, wow, they traded up so much for uh, Chris Olave. They must love him. Did you have any inkling going into that day that New Orleans was going to make a move like that? I know pre-draft you talked about how um, you talked to the Packers a lot. You talked to the Chiefs a little bit. But was New Orleans always involved in that mix, or did that kind of come by surprise? Uh, I, I didn't know they was going to make that jump. Uh, but I always had a good feeling with New Orleans. Uh, they came to my pro day. Uh, they hold coaching staff, came to Ohio State. And, uh, they they kind of evaluate all, the, all our players. And it's, it's like a, a connection between Ohio State and, and – uh, New Orleans, so they 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 like to draft out of Ohio State, and uh, I, I knew uh, I had a little feeling uh, that they they would be the team, but I, I didn't know they was going to trade up and be able to get me. But uh, that means a lot to me uh, for them training up and, and believing in me. Uh, that make me want to go harder for them. So, so I, I know you were just in New Orleans for rookie mini camp, and, and I know that uh, you guys were in the, the uh, college football playoff a couple of years ago. So you've been in New Orleans a little bit and spent some time there. Have you had a chance to really explore the city yet? I was actually just in New Orleans last week on vacation, and it's a really fun town. So I'm just curious uh, if you've had a chance to explore. What if have you seen anything that like you're you're like this is my favorite part of this new city that I'm getting to start my NFL career in? No, I ain't, I ain't been outside yet. Uh, you got to show me some places to be. I ain't, I ain't <laughs> been around the fun yet. Uh, I just been around football really, and then uh, staying in a hotel. So. Uh, I ain't really been outside. I tried to fool a little bit, but not that much. So I got to be able to go around and, and see the fun places and try to and try to fool. I heard the food out there is crazy. So if I can recommend uh, one place to go stop and eat, go to Dizzy's and get the uh, hot sausage po' boy. It's absolutely life changing. I bet. I got you. I'm, as noted. <laughs> I, I'd worry if you go to the places that Steven uh, sends you, though, because he was talking to us on Wednesday about how he went on an airboat ride and was petting baby gators and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if uh, that's a- allowed under your contract. Oh, no, but- that ain't me, man. You're not going to see me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I want to ask you something. What was your honest reaction to the Drew Brees tweet where he was talking about, you know, maybe I'm going to be coming back, all that stuff like what what's your reaction as a player for the New Orleans Saints when you know a guy like Drew Brees starts thinking about like potentially you know coming back to football? Uh, it's a legend, man. It's a, a Saints legend and NFL legend. So uh, that's definitely exciting. Uh, if he if he's able to come back, uh, that would be huge for for the Saints organization and the NFL. So uh, you'll never know though. It's, it's up in the air, but. I don't know. We're going to see. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely excited uh, to be able to play with Jameis, too. Uh, I feel like uh, he's one. Of, he's been one of my favorite quarterbacks. And uh, I can't wait to 
go out there and build that chemistry with them and be able to showcase that on the field. And the the Saints actually just signed here in the last week or so, uh, you know, two New Orleans legends in Tyron Matthew and, and Jarvis Landry. Uh, I'm curious, have you gotten a chance to meet either of those guys or catch up with them or introduce yourself? And are, 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 and obviously, like, how excited are you to play with two guys who have had such storied NFL careers like that? Uh, they're good, man. They, they're real good uh, on the field and off the field. But uh, the two things, the thing that stands out to me is they're both great leaders. And uh, I met Jarvis, and I've been, I was training with him uh, in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, pre-drive training. That's where I trained uh, for my uh, pre-combine training. Uh, I went out there for a little bit after that, and he was out there working. So uh, he was grinding like a 21-year-old, and uh, I respect that out of him. And he's a, he's a leader, man. He's a leader. And I can't wait to to watch him in person and see how the way he works and, and just take some traits from him and, and pick his brain a little bit. So, and Tyran, he's a legend. And uh, just to see him doing that in the league uh, with Kansas City, winning the Super Bowl, leading that defense, uh, I can't wait to pick his brain and, and see what he can do for me. And uh, I definitely – I know he's going to help me a lot, so – since you're just coming out of the college realm and, and you're a kid, you know, from San Diego who played at Ohio State, you're far from home, all that stuff. Um, how much do you think all this NIL stuff is going to impact college football, right? Like we, we see now, you know, a lot of these SEC teams, um, Ohio State, obviously, you know, USC's getting into the mix in terms of just being able to pluck guys nationally. As you will, when you were a recruit from San Diego, how much would NIL have impacted like where you would have gone? Do you think that there's going to be a change? And did you see anything in kind of the first couple years of NIL at, at Ohio State? Uh, I feel like it's uh, really changing a lot, really. Uh, I see uh, kids making a lot more money, uh, especially with people not coming from a lot and not seeing that much money growing up. I feel like it changed uh, the aspect of college and the perspective of college. Uh where, where teams could offer a lot of money uh, through recruiting, uh, through NIL. Uh, so I feel like that could change the, the sport a lot. And I feel like people will stay closer to their to their respected homes and attend college uh, more uh, to their to their home. So I feel like that changed college a lot. And, and it won't be uh, that many more powerhouses. Or it can be a lot more powerhouses, but... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see throughout the next couple of years how how, how it changes the whole college football. So. And before we let you go, Chris, um, I, I just kind of try to like to ask this to anybody that we have on the podcast. Obviously, right now as a rookie, it's it's all football. You're you're getting prepared for your rookie season in the NFL. You're trying to learn a new playbook and, and get up to the NFL speed, but. I'm curious, what do you like to do outside of football? Like, like, what are you into? Reading, movies, video games, like whatever it is. What does Chris Olave <laughs> and do enjoy doing outside of football? Man, I'm into a lot. I'm into a lot. I like, I like to try new things. Try, uh, see what I'm interested in. I like a lot of video games. I play video games. I'm a competitor, so uh, I have my teammates come over, play 2K, play Madden, invest some on there, some push-ups, maybe some money a little sometimes, but. Uh, I like video games. I like I watch a lot of movies, uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. Try to mix it up in there. A lot of documentaries. Uh, but I'm trying to get into bowling and like golfing. Uh, I'm trying to get into that a little bit. Uh, it's it's kind of a struggle. I know golfing is kind of a struggle for me right now. But 
Yeah. I just know it's going to take some time and uh, trying to get into ball. I feel like uh, just to get it, uh, get my mind off stuff. Uh, you know, football is a, is a mental game uh, most of the time. So just to reset my mind, I feel like bowling and golf will, will, will do a lot for me. Who's uh, who's your two K team? Uh, if I got a if I got a win, <laughs> if I got a win, I'm going with Brooklyn. Okay, okay, KD. All right, all right. Yeah, I got KD, you. Kyrie. You got some shooters in there, and you got a big man too. So. Well, thank you so much for the time, Chris. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, Chris is joining us on behalf of Panini America. Uh, we wish you nothing but, but luck in your upcoming rookie season. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. God bless.